This is a CBC Podcast. This is Canada Reads, Canada's annual title fight. Canada Reads. It's the great Canadian book debate. Five prominent Canadians each choose the one book all of Canada should read. Over four days, they champion their titles and eliminate the contenders one by one until one book is left standing. This year's debates are almost here. I'm the show's host, Ali Hassan, and I'm hosting this special pre-show podcast. You're going to get to know each title and its champion in their own podcast episode. There are six episodes in all to help you get ready for the debates. But this episode, episode number one, is for those of you who might be unfamiliar with Canada Reads. And if you're saying, how dare you suggest I am unfamiliar with Canada Reads, no offense intended, just feel free to skip ahead to the next episode. But if the idea of a national book debate is new to you, then stick with me. What we're looking for is some kind of uniquely Canadian experience right now in our reading. Of course, there are great books uh, that are written by um, other authors from other parts of the world. But uh, if we're starting looking for one book for all of Canada to read together, why not make it a Canadian book? I am advocating for accessibility. I am advocating for the book that everyone can read, not just the diehard fans of Canada reads. I love that I got to be on this show because it made me read a book that I wouldn't pick on my own. This book is like a vaccine for your brain. It really moved me. Sorry. I'm manipulating you with my tears. CBC asked me, Wob, what should Canada read? I said, check out Louis Riel's Half-Blood Blues and get up to speed. Canadians don't want required reading. They want inspired reading, and that's February. If this wins, it'll be the first Indigenous book to ever win, but it's already making history. It's the first Two-Spirit book to be here, and it's the first Two-Spirit author, so... I'm just full of gratitude. That was Stephen Page, Humble the Poet, Julie Black, Zaya Tong, Samantha B, Wob Canoe, Trent McClelland, and Devery Jacobs. Just a few of the past Canada Reads panelists. And they're among the many high-profile Canadians who have gone to bat for books since this show began in 2002. We've had astronauts, actors, and activists on the show musicians, Olympians, comedians, and many more. 2023 is the 22nd edition of Canada Reads, and five new panelists have each chosen one Canadian book to champion. So there are four days of debate, and each day one book is eliminated by the panel. And at the end of day four, one book remains, and that book is the winner. And the winner of Canada Reads 2022 is Five Little Indians. Johnny Appleseed is the winner of Canada Reads 2021. Congratulations. And the winner of Canada Reads <laughs> is We Have Always Been Here. George North Carolina. By chance alone is the winner of Canada Reads 2019. The winner of Canada Reads is Forgiveness. The winner of Canada Reads 2017 is $15. The Illegal is the winner of Canada Reads 2016. Canada Reads 2015 champion is Rue by Kim Those are a few of the books that have won Canada Reads in recent years. This year's shortlist was announced in January. Matea Roach is championing Ducks by Kate Beaton. 
Michael Grayeyes is championing Station Eleven by Emily St. John Mandel. Tasneem Gidi is championing Mexican Gothic by Sylvia Moreno Garcia. And Keegan Connor Tracy is championing Greenwood by Michael Christie. And Gurdip Pander is championing Hotline by Dimitri Nasrallah. And this year's theme is One Book to Shift Your Perspective. Now, what does that mean? Well, the stories we tell and the way we tell them can shape how we see ourselves, our communities, and the world around us. And this collection of books is an opportunity to broaden our horizons, expand our worldview, and think differently about the world around us and our place in it. And way back in January, when Canada Reads launched, the panelists got a chance to scope out the competition on cue. We will have a bell. They will be timed. Okay, ready? Let's do this. Our first champion, this Canadian trivia master, had a monster run on Jeopardy last year, tallying 23 wins in a row and over half a million dollars. Whoa! Now this Jeopardy champion will step into the Canada Reads ring. A panelist, please introduce yourself and the book you'll be championing. Uh, hi, my name is Matea Roach, and I will be championing Ducks by Kate Beaton. Welcome, Matea Roach. We're really excited to have you here. Now we are putting 30 seconds on the clock. Please tell us why Ducks by Kate Beaton is the book all of Canada should read. All right, two main things that I think are really important about this book. Uh, it is a book that is a memoir about uh, a young woman from the East Coast who went to work in the oil sands. So there's an angle for people from the Maritimes, but I think there are the stories of a lot of other trade workers from Alberta, from other parts of the country represented. Second thing, I think this book is a window into so many critical conversations about the environment, about Indigenous land rights, about the student debt crisis, and about gender relations. So there is an angle for every person to have their perspective shifted in some way. Whoa, right on the money, Matea Roach. Strong start. Uh, the trivia master from Halifax will champion Ducks by fellow Nova Scotian Kate Beaton on Canada Reads 2023. Well done, Matea. Our next panelist is an artist, internet star, and educator from Yukon. He's known for his videos of Bhangra dancing on frozen lakes and negative 45-degree weather. Panelist, please introduce yourself and the book you are championing. My name is Gurdeep Pandeir, and the book I'm champion, championing is Hotline by Dimitri Nasrila. Excellent. Welcome, Gurdeep. You have got 30 seconds to explain why everyone should read Hotline by Montreal's Dimitri Nasrila. Hotline shows the struggles of an immigrant family. Muna and her child arrived in Montreal after fleeing the civil war in Lebanon. She faces barriers in providing basic necessities such as food, money, and shelter. While working as a hotline operator, through her voice, she brings hope to the people of Quebec and Canada. The book explores racism, belonging, loneliness, and single parenting, but there's also hope. The story is set in the 80s, but is as true today as it was then. Oh, there you go, right, right under the <laughs> wire. Thank you so much, Gurdjieff Pandeir, the Bangra dancer from Yukon, will champion Hotline by Dimitri Nasrallah on Canada Reads 2023. You, re you look relieved now, Gurdjieff. Relieved. Yes. Good. Okay, our next champion is an actor. You may recognize her as the Blue Fairy on the hit drama Once Upon a Time. She's also appeared on Descendants, Supernatural, Bates Motel, and a whole lot more. Panelist, 
please reveal yourself in the book you are championing. <laughs> Hi there. I am Keegan Connor Tracy, and I'm delighted to be here uh, championing the book Greenwood by Michael Christie. Welcome, Keegan <laughs> Connor Tracy. You've got 30 seconds to explain why Greenwood by Michael Christie is the book all of Canada should read, and your time starts now. Uh, well, first of all, it's just a stunning, beautiful book, but also it tells the story of a complicated family, something we can all relate to. It spans the country from the Maritimes to the West. Um, it has an exciting chase and a mystery, but also it deals with really timely issues uh, about the environment and is a cautionary tale about how we have used our natural resources and how we will use them in the future, which is something Thing that I think is we really need to face as Canadians. All right. Nicely done. Thank you, Keegan Connor Tracy. The actor from Vancouver will champion Greenwood by Victoria's Michael Christie on Canada Reads 2023. Our next panelist dun, 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 read 115 books last year. She's known as Groovy Taz on TikTok, where she shares book reviews to over 100,000 followers. Panelist, that is very impressive. Please introduce yourself and the book you are championing. Hi, my name is Tasneem Gidi, and I'm championing Mexican Gothic by Silvia Moreno-Garcia. Welcome, Tasneem Gidi. We are putting 30 seconds on the clock. Please tell us why you chose to defend Mexican Gothic by Silvia Moreno-Garcia on Canada Reads. So set in 1950s Mexico, this gothic story follows Noemi, who leads her glamorous debutante life to save her cousin from her new European husband in this isolated mansion in the countryside. I believe all Canadians need to read this because what better way to escape the craziness that is our life than to join Noemi and hers? This is not just a story about dark family secrets, but the lingering effects of colonialism. And Sylvia does not waste a single sentence to immerse you in this chilling story, which will have you questioning everybody, including yourself. Ooh, you still have... Okay, there we go. There we go. Okay. Nicely done. Tasneem Gidi, the book talk star from Toronto, will champion Mexican Gothic by Vancouver's Silvia Moreno-Garcia on Canada Reads 2023. Well done, Tasneem. And I'm so nervous you're going to play my TikToks on this. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> so I, only I get the clip, apparently. <laughs> Sorry about that, Mateo. We had to. We had to. Okay, we have met four of our five Five champions, and our final champion is a veteran actor. You may know him from his recent starring roles in the film Wild Indian and the sitcom Rutherford Falls. Panelist, please reveal yourself in the book you're championing. Hello, my name is Michael Gray Eyes, and the book I've chosen is Station Eleven by Emily St. John Mendel. Michael Gray Eyes, welcome to Canada Reads. We will now put 30 seconds on the clock. Please explain why Station Eleven by Emily St. John Mandel is the book all Canadians need to read now. Station Eleven is an extraordinary journey into the things that hold us together, into our dreams and the things so dear to us we cannot leave them behind. The novel follows five incredible characters set against the collapse of civilization. Written years before the pandemic, Station Eleven imagines a future ravaged by something even worse and how people so much like us found their way through. Well done, Michael Gray Eyes. The actor from Muskeg Lake Cree Nation will champion Station Eleven by Emily St. John Mandel on Canada Reads 2023. That's it. Those are our five books. And how exciting. What an amazing range. If you're just tuning in, I'm Talia Schlanger sitting in for Tom Power on Q. We have just revealed the five champions of Canada Reads 2023 and the books they will be defending this year. First of all, congratulations. You've all passed the first hurdle. We can exhale collectively. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Okay. A couple more questions for you each. But Matea, how are you going to be preparing for the upcoming debates? 
Um, I think, first of all, reading, I want to read every book twice. I think I want to, you know, read everything a first time through. I'm kind of halfway through everybody's books at this point. Um, I think it's important as a reader to get your kind of initial emotional response to a book before you get into the kind of more analytical, like, how am I going to make arguments about this? Um, and I think one thing I'll probably try and do in advance of the debates is predict what other people might say about their books and sort of see, okay, how am I going to engage with that in discussion? Because from what I've read so far, there are really strong cases to be made for everybody's works this year. That's some serious strategy. Mm -hmm. I I'm feel kind of badly for making you reveal it to the other champions, too. I mean, here here we go. I, I was taking notes. So <laughs> Maybe it's a bluff. Maybe it's all gamesmanship, you know. <laughs> you are the Jeopardy champ, so you've got some game. That's for that's for sure. Okay, so, Tasneem, as a professional reader, you may have a bit of an edge here. How are you going to get ready? Um, yeah, a lot like what Mateo said. I've already yeah. read, I think, everybody's, but I'm almost done Greenwood. So, yeah, I, I feel so weird going into a book to, like, break it down. So I'm trying to just go into it to enjoy it and then find the fuller picture for each one. And yeah. So I'm trying not to, to be too critical right now because I want to enjoy the book. I feel like if you go into a book wanting to tear it down, you'll find something. I want to see where everybody's coming from. And then from there, like what Matea said, bring my own thoughts. So, yeah. Spoken like a true book lover, like a true book lover who's capable of reading 115 books in a year. Yeah, a lot of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I would guess. Keegan, uh, one thing that people are always curious about is how the Canada Reads books are chosen. What was the process like for you? You know, it was really interesting because there would be a book I would, I would, you know, say, what about this one? And they would say, well, that author was already on two years ago or, you know, whatever the things were that it was a lot like casting a movie where you're like, well, I already have this, so I can't have this. And this person can't, you know, I felt like it was a lot like casting the show. Um, and for me, it really just had to resonate as a book. And on top of that, you know, there was a book that I really loved, but I just didn't feel like I could say because the subject matter was kind of grim, like all of Canada read this really sad book. Um, and so when I, I found Greenwood, it just felt like it hit the sweet spot about being a very Canadian story and a Canadian book and one that was accessible really to everyone. Love it. Gurdip, how about you? What was your process like? Yeah, it was a long process going through all the titles, which I love. Um, many, many titles I went through. Um, this book, this book, this book. Yeah, same thing happened with me that this book was already on Canada Reads or this reason, that reason. Uh, so I continued exploring. And even I reached out to my followers. I asked this question on Twitter and Facebook that, uh, hey, which is your favorite Canadian book? <laughs> and you know what? I got 1,100 responses combined 2200 responses together and there were lots and lots of book to go through and uh, then finally finally i wanted to choose a book which resembles to my life i'm an immigrant and i navigated the life in a specific way and i know the challenges the hardships and this book hotline by dimitri i felt that it um, brings similar parallels uh, into the story, into the plot. So I chose this one. Well said. Mm -hmm. I love it. Okay, Michael, we'll end with you. I'm curious, what made you want to take part in Canada Reads this year? Um, well, I, I love reading. And uh, I think it's a really important uh, chance to speak uh, to many communities, right? Um, uh, when, when they asked me about the kind of books I like to read, I said, you know, I love science fiction. I love dystopian novels. And they were like, ooh, we haven't <laughs> had that exactly. Like, you know, and so I'm really coming from a genre perspective. And, uh, you know, the chance to talk about something I love, um, which is reading 
and and this kind of fiction, I was like, this is a chance I can't turn down. Well, we're so glad that you said yes. Thank you all for being here. Michael, Tasneem, Keegan, Gurdip, Matea. Can't wait to hear you defend your choices and good luck. Last year, the winner was fashion journalist Christian Allaire, who successfully championed the novel Five Little Indians by Michelle Good. Five Little Indians tells the story of Kenny, Lucy, Clara, Howie, and Maisie, who were taken from their families and sent to a residential school. Barely out of childhood, they are released and left to contend with the seedy world of Eastside Vancouver. Fueled by the trauma of their childhood, the five friends cross paths over the decades and struggle with the weight of their shared past. Christian and Michelle spoke to Tom Power on cue after their big win. And the winner of Canada Reads 2022 is Five Little Indians. That is CBC host and good friend of the show, Ali Hassan, announcing the winner of this year's Canada Reads book competition, CBC's annual Battle of the Books. All this week, journalist and book enthusiast Christian Allaire took on a room of equally passionate book lovers and came out the champion on behalf of Michelle Good's 2020 novel, Five Little Indians, a book which centers on five survivors of the residential school system as they build new lives for themselves in Vancouver's downtown. All the love and family and safety they fight for while grappling with the trauma of their own residential school experience. And it's a book that comes at a critical time for truth and reconciliation, especially given today's news. On the line right now is Five Little Indians author Michelle Good. Congratulations, Michelle. Oh, thank you, Tom. It is just such a wonderful event, such a wonderful thing. And with me in studio is its champion, Christian Allaire. Hi, Christian. Hi, how are you? Congratulations to you. The, thank you. Christian, what went through your mind when when the that just happened, like when the uh, result was read? I mean, I, you know, put up a good fight, um, and I'm just really happy all the panelists could see the beauty in this book. It gets very competitive, but I think they all realized just how timely and crucial this book is. So I was thrilled. I was so thrilled. Was there a wave of relief? Oh, yes. I mean, I've been a ball of stress for five days. <laughs> is that true? Yes. Like a mess. Hot mess. <laughs> Michelle, have you been more chill, or were you were you stressed out too? No, I've been completely chill. I... I <laughs> I've been completely chill for a couple of reasons. One is that Christian is just so brilliant, you know, and has represented the book so well uh, that I just felt, you know, completely at ease in his hands, so to speak. And uh, the other reason is I thoroughly didn't expect to win. (laughs) (laughs) Is that true? It it is true. Yeah, it is absolutely true. And I, um, you know, and, and I guess there's a third thing, and that is that there's just no downside to Canada Reads. That's None true. at all. That's very yeah. true. You know, mm. there's five years or five years, five, felt like five years, five <laughs> days of, you know, of conversation about about all of these wonderful books, including, you know, Pied Little Indians. So, you know, it, it uh, elevates the book in the public consciousness. And, you know, what more could you want? Winning is just a fabulous bonus. Christian, mm. why do you think the book won? You know, I think it came down to all the elements we were debating. You know, craft-wise, it's exceptional. I think Michelle's braided storytelling was just so genius in combining these five different characters that on paper don't have a lot in common, but they're united by this one horrific experience and how they cope with it in different ways. I just felt the craft she did that everyone could admire. And then also the timeliness, just with the reckoning our country is doing with residential schools, 
everyone could not debate against the fact that it is the book all Canadians need to read. It was just an unavoidable thing. And I think that's what got us to win. I want to play a little bit of a clip of Christian's argument. Oh, okay. The theme this year was one book to connect us. And I think, you know, it, it's hard because we may not see all of ourselves in these characters, but the way that it connects us is it calls out our role to empathize with them. It's not, you know, my friend Karina told me this, discomfort is progress. And I think that's the way we have to connect with this book. We have to be willing to be a little bit uncomfortable in reading their truths um, in order to understand our first people. Michelle, what is it like listening to a room of people listen, um, interpret, and critique your work for four days straight? <laughs> well, you know, I have to say that I, I feel that everybody was very respectful it's their job to go onto this program and to find, you know, ways to suggest that, you know, the book they're championing is is better, is, you know, a more appropriate winner and so on and so forth. Um, and I just felt that 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 everybody was respectful of all of the works and that that meant a great deal to me. Um, more importantly, I was just so delighted watching Christian. Um, he just he just shone and he represented this book so accurately and with so much heart. Um, it just warmed my heart, I have to say. Michelle, what was your reaction to even hearing Christian's argument just then? Well, you know, I just feel like we are brothers and sister forever now, you know, except with the age difference, I suppose I should say. I miss Cookham forever now. <laughs> <laughs> Christian, were there new ways that Canada Reads made you appreciate the book in a way maybe you hadn't before? Were there new perspectives you got? Yeah. Oh, my God. I, I, you know, going into this, I, I was thinking of things think people would use against me in the arguments, and I thought that one of them would be, this is an Indigenous story. I couldn't relate to it. You know, that's been a big thing is people just haven't cared about survivors' stories. So I, to see everyone connect with them and realize, I think it was Tarek yesterday who said, you know, as someone who's new to Canada, he feels that responsibility to acknowledge Indigenous people and understand their history. That really touched my heart and I, it wasn't something I wasn't expecting. And so it gave me great hope for this book and what it can do for like all Canadians. What a day to be having this conversation and what a day to be talking about this win. Um, after a week of meetings between delegates representing First Nations, Inuit and Métis um, and Pope Francis, Pope Francis has apologized for the Roman Catholic Church's role in Canada's residential school system. He's also promising to visit Canada. Um, Michelle, what went through your mind when you heard the news this morning? You know, I am delighted for survivors because it means so much for them to hear that from the pontiff. Um, I, I, you know, I can't be happier for them because it helps them um, put this in its, proper, in its proper places in their lives and to be comforted to some degree. And that means a great deal to me because it's the survivors that it, what this is all about. Um, and that's who matters to me. Uh, but I do have to say, as Christian said during the course of the um, during the course of, the, of championing the book, is that it, we need more than apologies. Apologies are lovely. Um, they're so important in terms of setting the stage for reconciliation, but it must be more than performative. 
um, it, it has to be followed by substantive, meaningful change. And I hope that this helps open the door for that. I just want to stay there for a second because, uh, Michelle, you know, you're, you're a daughter of, of a residential school survivor, and you're also a lawyer who advocated for residential school survivors. So um, how do you see the apology through that lens? Well, through the lawyer lens, it's actually really remarkable because when I was uh, litigating these cases before they went into an alternative dispute resolution process, I was a firsthand witness to the vitriol that characterized the legal defense put forth by the Catholic Church. Um, and it was sickening. It was just so awful. And so to see, and I mean, that work that I was doing was um, when I was privy to that was um, between 2000 and 2002. So in 20 years to see it turn around so completely where there is a tacit acceptance of responsibility uh, through the Pope's apology is really quite brilliant. Christian, I want to bring you in here. How, how are you feeling today? Well, Michelle said it beautifully, you know, that acknowledgement and that apology is important. I think the Indigenous community at large is thankful for that. But um, yeah, apologies aren't enough. Um, I think, you know, as I've said on the show, this book is something that needs to be taught in curriculums. I think a lot of Canadians are like struggling with the idea of reconciliation and what they could do. And I think the best first step is just understanding, um, having a willingness to understand experiences, to connect with them. Um, that's such an easy step, um, uh, something that's better than an apology, in my opinion. So they could read this book in school and they would know that history. And I think that's so important for all Canadians. As a friend of mine who is in, in the Vatican today, you mm -hmm. know, as, as part of the delegation that's gone over from, from, um, from the Métis and Inuit in First Nations, uh, she, she posted something along the lines of, um, I'm walking on steps that I was never meant to walk on today to, mm. to, to, to have this conversation. And mm. Christian, what was it like to do this defense on Canada Reads while having, I mean, the news was on in the background. I'm sure you were mm -hmm. seeing the news in the background. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, what's crazy is I, I, I chose this book. Obviously, I knew, I knew um, the history of residential schools, but the news, the, just the volume of news that came out after I chose it, it was almost like, I don't want to say fate because it, it didn't seem like a happy fate, but it, it felt like the perfect moment for this book. Um, there was power in that and it just made it that much more important. Um, and that's something that's really stuck with me. Michelle, what, what do you make of that? You know, the idea that, I mean, a lot of Canadians are about to pick up this book who didn't already um, pick it up from the, you know, awards it's won in the past, people who haven't come across it yet. A lot of Canadians are about to pick up this book in, in this moment. What, what do you make of that, Michelle? Well, it's joyful to me. It really is. And that's why I wrote the book. You know, for all the things that Christian has said during this week and today in this interview, that's what I wrote this book for is so that people could feel this reality, that they could feel survivor's reality. They could understand why this continues to resonate. And, you know, so, um, and, and, you know, the Pope's apology, uh, I was um, interviewed by someone and they asked me what I, you know, if I thought that he would render an apology and my answer was no. Mm. My answer was that I felt that, you know, um, he may express some contrition, but not an apology. 
because of my jaded past in the legal context, right? So it was just such a a beautiful moment to to have that actually come to fruition for for survivors. It's all about the survivors. Um, and you know, intergeneration as well as direct survivors, and you know, giving them the peace that they so richly deserve and need. Michelle, what are you hoping Canadians might get out of this book while reading it during this moment? Well, I think um, you know, the whole whole impetus to write the book was to broaden, um, I guess, the 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 base of understanding in the Canadian population, and I think it can do that. But I think it will also because you know I get I get emails from readers very often and and their their comments are are often we just didn't know that this was happening but we're not going to forget now and so many Canadians have said that this book has been like a launching point for their own educational process where they're self educating and researching and learning more about the whole history of this nightmarish you know colonial violence. And so, you know, how could I, how could I, what more could I possibly want than to offer something to people that can change their hearts, change their minds, change their perspective, and hopefully help them understand that substantive reconciliations requires a shift in their world as well as ours. Christian, what have you heard from from people in your own life since this win? Um, I've been blown away by the feedback of people saying, you know, I didn't know this history and now I can't forget it. Um, you know, I, I, I didn't know people didn't realize the extent of residential schools. And I think that's because it's been very textbook definitions and not entirely truthful. But I was kind of blown away by the response of just people not knowing yeah. and the fact that now they know and they can't stop thinking about it. I mean, that's the, the power of this book is it makes you so you can't forget. And I, like I said in my closing argument yesterday, you know, discomfort is progress. Mm. Unfortunately, if we want to um, have a true relationship between Indigenous and non-Indigenous people in this country, we need to know the uncomfortable truths of what's happened. And I, I love that Canadians are opening up themselves to that. Have you, have you guys met in real life? No, no, just over Zoom. <laughs> we need this to happen. This this connection that you and you because typically in the non-pandemic years, you guys would both be together in the studio yeah. right now. And is there a plan? Oh, there's yes, a plan. Indeed. Michelle and I are going to Babo in New York City. What's Babo in New York City? Um, just the best it's restaurant. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Michelle, it's do you know uh, about this plan? Are you aware? I think I heard this on Canada Reads actually. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I I uh, I somebody asked in the you know pre-planning of the show and so on you know what what would i do if i won and i said i'll fly to new york and i'll take christian to babo <laughs> which is mario batali's restaurant in the village and it is a most phenomenal place and a and a you know beautiful gourmet experience so i'll, I'll be booking a ticket pretty soon <laughs> well i'm glad you guys are finally going to get a chance to meet um I'll, I'll i would normally congratulate you both at the same time but i'll congratulate you individually michelle congratulations on winning canada reads oh thank you tom it's always so nice to hear from you and talk with you it's so nice to talk to you too christian congratulations on canada reads me glad That was last year's Canada Reads winning panelist and author Christian Allaire 
and Michelle Good. Michelle is the author of the novel Five Little Indians, which won Canada Reads last year, thanks to Christian. And Michelle joined the ranks of authors such as Miriam Taves, Michael Landace, Heather O'Neill, and Andre Alexis as a Canada Reads winner. And that is a feeling you don't get over quickly. Just ask a few of our other recent winners. Well, it's extraordinary. I mean, when you write a novel and you get it published, your goal is to have as many people as possible to read it. So the idea that thousands more people are now getting a chance to look at this book uh, is, yeah, it leaves my knees weak and wobbly. It feels great. Uh, The Chilean community across the country has taken this book on as their own. Uh, I've been on stage every night doing this 80-minute monologue. And every night there have been Chileans in the crowd saying, we're going to win, we're going to win, and we won, we won. (laughs) And the most uh, important character in the theater is the audience. So I believe that the most important character in a book is also the reader. So the more people read it, uh, that's all I care about. And I'm not interested in preaching to the converted. So I'm very happy that people who may not have ever read a book like this will now maybe think about reading it. I feel humbled and excited and honored to be part of Canada Reads, which is unique around the world and a phenomenal celebration of literature where books are talked about for months, really leading up to the final week. And it feels amazing. It's it's hard to write a book in the aftermath of, of a, a big bestseller. And it took a lot of nerve in facing my own demons just to settle down and write The Illegal. Uh, so it feels great. And I never take these things for granted. I did not expect to win. Um, but it's great to be part of it. And it's wonderful to be defended and to be part of the debates and to hear all the other books spoken about with such passion. It's surreal. It's so surreal. And I, I just felt so far away from home. And I had never considered, you know, I, everywhere is home to me. I'm, I'm, I'm well anywhere. And, and I was so surprised that I had that spontaneous reaction that listening to Canada Reads and somehow I finally found a home. Those were past Canada Reads winning authors Kim Tui, Lawrence Hill, Carmen Aguirre, and Terry Fallis. And they were reflecting on the many things a Canada Reads win can mean for a writer. So, which of the Canada Reads 2023 titles will wear this year's crown? The Canada Reads debates are March 27th to 30th. You can watch them on CBC Television, CBC Books, CBC Gem, or listen to them on CBC Radio, CBC Listen, or download them as a podcast. And this is the Canada Reads pre-show podcast, where we'll be teeing up the competition with a closer look at each of the contenders. I'm Ali Hassan. Until next time, read on, Canada. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.